Well, good morning, Capital City Church. It's so good to see you all today. I'm just glad it's not raining again today. It won't last very long because it's Ohio, but praise God, we'll take it while it lasts. Hey, um, we just want to take a second this morning um, to appreciate what we're doing right now. And that's that each and every one of us this morning um, got the free opportunity to get in our cars, drive to church, and come together in prayer. And this weekend being Memorial Day, enjoy the time with your families, but let's not forget um, the sacrifices that were given, that have been given for, by so many for so long to give us this opportunity and to give us the, the opportunity to spend time with our families. So if, if you had a, a loved one or if you've lost someone, um, we just, we're praying for you. But also, um, we appreciate them for their service and for giving the ultimate sacrifice on this Memorial Day weekend. So, as we move into worship, if you want to stand and sing with us, let's worship God together this morning. And I would 
for change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet your promise still stands great is your
so grateful that we know that you're continuing to work, God. God, that you will do it again because you are the cornerstone. God, it's you alone. God, this morning, no matter what's happening, no matter what we're going through, God, we know that, that, it, that it's you alone, God, that it's your spirit and your hand that guides us and leads us and carries us through. God, we know it's, it's your work that's sanctifying lives and changing hearts. And we're just, we're grateful to witness it and experience and to get to be a part of it. God, we ask that you would just continue to be with us. We're so grateful that you're here as we go through the rest of a service. And it's in your name that we pray. Is this on? Can you hear me? Sorry, my one ear is still plugged. I have to get half of my wires off so I can transition to the other set of wires and be able to preach now. Thank you. All right, well, good morning. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Eric Heron. I'm the executive pastor. Um, here at Cap City, and if you're a first-time guest, we're, we're super grateful to have you. Um, when you leave, there'll be, um, if you stop in the back, there'll be a, we'll have a gift for you. Um, we're just excited that God led you here this morning. Um, before we go on, can we take a minute and just 
uh, give a hand clap of praise and of welcome uh, to our online audience, to our online church. We're so grateful for all, all of you that are watching online uh, for whatever reason. We hope that next week uh, with Pastor Jonathan coming that you'll join us in person. And the same goes for everyone else. Um, if you don't know yet, Pastor Jonathan uh, starts next week and is bringing his family. Um, I, for one, I, I know the rest of the staff and the board are incredibly excited for that. Um, it's going to be a good time, and we know that God is preparing to do something new in our church. And that is kind of what I want to share with you this morning, um, preparing for something new. There's a lot of instances, instances in Scripture um, where people are preparing for something new. And so with that, there's a lot we can learn from it. And we all know the feeling, right? of starting something new, going into a new thing, whether it's a new job, uh, you know, the feeling of going in on the first day and going, man, I hope I don't do something stupid and earn a nickname for the rest of the time that I work here, or make my boss angry, and then he'll hate me for the rest of the time I work here, uh, you know, or, uh, or going, man, they hired me, and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I know uh, when I first started working here, I felt that way a little bit. David said, come help me. And I'm thinking, cool, I play guitar, but I guess I'll figure the rest of it out on the way. And uh, I'm just, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, and uh, it's been good. Maybe it's not a new job. Maybe it's a new relationship. It's a first date, or you're getting ready to propose, and your knots in stomach, and like, I knew, like, she told me she would say, Kayla told me she would say yes ahead of time, and I still wanted to puke, right? <laughs> it's terrible. Everyone's watching, like, there was cameras and stuff. It's so much pressure. Um, but, you know, but you know that feeling, like, even if it's a good thing, there's still that sense of question or doubt or just Wondering exactly how it will go down or how it will happen. Maybe it's a new journey with your health. Um, last weekend, we had an incredible worship night for a young lady named Allie Berry, um, who is a, a student at Capital University and just found out that she has advanced stage um, abdominal cancer. And that's a much less positive note, but, and, but the same thing goes. She has no idea. That's a new, it's a negative journey, but it's a new step. It's something new, and there are, there's doubt and question there. And there's something new coming to Capital City Church and in Pastor Jonathan. And so even though this is a positive thing, I know, myself included, like, I don't know exactly, like, I've talked to Pastor Jonathan a lot, a lot, several of us have, preparing for what he wants to do once he gets here, but we don't know exactly how that all will pan out. We don't know exactly what plan God has for our church or for each of us, and so there's a sense of wonder, but our responsibility as Christians and as the church is to look at Scripture to, and to understand what God says in Scripture and how we should prepare for what's coming and for what God is bringing. And so this morning, I want to look at three things about new things 
from Scripture. And those three things are patience, prayer, and promises. We'll start, we'll start with patience. And, <laughs> yeah, let's just get the big one out of the way, right? <laughs> Exodus chapter 2, uh, verses 23 through 25 in the New Living Translation says, Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God, hearing their groaning, God, sorry, God heard their groaning. I did that last night when I was preparing for this morning too. In my head, I knew I was going to read it that way again. Anyway, God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Patience. The Israelites at this point had been in slavery for a very long time. Generations. They didn't know what God was doing. They didn't know where God was going. But they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed that God would do something. And so generations passed and finally Moses, God's appointed hero at this time of the Israelites, is born. And then he grows up and then... He leaves, and he's gone for years past. There's a significant amount of time here where Moses wanders in the desert and spends time as a shepherd before God says, now's the time. And he sends Moses back into Egypt, um, back, to his, back to free the Israelites. And so God had a plan. God had expectations of his people. And on the flip side, his people had expectations of God. They kept waiting for freedom. They kept waiting for someone who was going to lead them out for whatever God's mighty work was going to do. But God said, just hold on. I have a plan. And in the end, he rewarded them, right? We know that at the, at the end of the day, God granted the prophecy and the promise that he'd given his people in a new nation for themselves. But... They had to wait. If we look at the next example, in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 3 and 4, uh, it says, Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. This scripture ties us to verse one, or ties us to the first point. It ties us to promises, and it's going to carry us through to prayer. But or promises, patience, and carries us through to prayer. The apostles and the disciples walked with Jesus for three years, and then he died. And then he spent 40 days with them, and then he left and said, okay, now go wait. And at this point in the history of the church, the Romans were chasing them, the Jews were chasing them. They wanted to do anything but go hide in a room in Jerusalem and wait for someone to find them. And yet, for 10 days, the entirety of the, the, entirety of the early church, that's another thing, if you want survival, you spread out, you go all different directions and say, everyone go recruit as many people as possible. Don't stay in one place or we'll all just get captured at one time. But Jesus said, no, 
do the illogical thing, do what I'm asking you to do, go stay in one place and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And they did it. And then, once they did it, Pentecost came. They, they spent 10 days waiting, and then the Holy Spirit showed up. And then when it did, and when the Holy Spirit showed up, the people around them said, they asked this important question, how can this be? We know who these people are. They're not educated. Um, it's funny, a, a pastor that I, a preacher that I really look up to um, was preaching on this passage this morning. And so, um, different approach, but he was preaching from this passage this morning. And so, uh, he mentioned, and I didn't know this, that there were at least a dozen languages that the apostles were speaking at Pentecost. And the people are saying, who are they? We know where they're from. We know how they were raised. We know how they were educated. They don't speak these languages. And here's the cool, here's the cool part. Prayer is the answer. When we have patience and we wait on God, and we pray, God honors that. He honored it for the Israelites. He honored it for the apostles. See, of all the ways that the church could have spent those 10 days, even inside of that room, they spent them, as God commanded them, they spent them in prayer. 10 days of the entire capital C church, which was probably smaller than the amount of people in, the, in this building right now, but the entire Christian church in one place praying. And so... It forces you to wonder, Pastor Jonathan will be here in a week. If this had lined up better that it was 10 days, it would have been really cool, but it didn't. It's seven, so we'll just roll with seven. What would, what would our church look like, and I'm not asking everyone to do this, but what would our church look like if for the next seven days we locked ourselves in the church and said, nobody goes anywhere until the Holy Spirit shows up? That would be sweet. Because there's no telling what God will do. We don't do that. We're too, we, like, immediately, like, my thoughts go on, well, I get married this week, so <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, and, and I know, like, most of the rest of us immediately go, well, I have work, or I have school, or my kid has, or we have this thing, but we do that constantly. And what would, for, forget 10 days, what would happen if everyone intentionally set 10 minutes every single day to pray for our church and for our pastor and for the next seven days if leading up to that if every person did it and then if we continued that for six months and then a year and then into the future what would it mean for our church what would it mean for the life of our pastor and his family if we intentionally prayed for him every single day if, and if we were patient enough to go uh wonderful example of patience is this building when they built this 20 years ago yeah columbus was expanding this way but not the way it continues to be we have no actually no i'm going to say this this way i hope all of you, everyone in this room understands the the amount of faith that went into the blessing that is this building 
and the location that it sits. Yeah, absolutely. Can we give a where this building sits in the relation to how Columbus is expanding southward, the amount of patience and the amount of prayer that went into that, and that, that goes into the third point. That goes into a promise. God is, going to, God is going to honor that faith and honor that prayer. He's going to hear our call, and we may, it may be Pastor Jonathan. It may be the next pastor after that. Um, who knows? But at some point, God will honor that. And as we look at promises in John chapter 14, verse 12, and, and then in, further up in verse 27, there are so many promises in Scripture, so many beautiful, powerful promises. And yet this morning, I'd like to focus on these two. Um, and John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. We don't think about this. or Maybe it's a, a humility thing. Maybe we don't like to think about it. But that's a promise from God and not a small one. Hey, you're not just going to do things like I did them. You're not going to do similar. Th- you're not going to do things similar to what I did. You're not even going to do things the same that I did. Greater, even greater works. Pentecost is an awesome example of this. Jesus, at the time of his death, had a few hundred followers, um, mostly Jews, or all mostly Jews, and then Pentecost happens, and the church just it grows exponentially in a single day. Thousands of people are saved. Immediately, this promise comes true. What would happen if we as a church were patient, we spent our patient time in prayer, and believed that this promise is going to be true? That at Capital City, at Capital City Church, we will do even greater works. That takes, it takes a lot of faith and a bold faith to even think about, could, could, we, could we really do something greater than what, greater than some of the things that Jesus did? His words, not mine. Uh, I would, I'm not, I'm not uh, full of myself enough to claim that on my own, but it's true. And what does that look like? Um, and then in verse 27, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so do not be troubled or afraid. This addresses the other part of new. The first promise makes new exciting. It means that God is going to do something in this church. God is already doing something in this church. Do you know how many churches go into an interim period and grow? Very few. It doesn't happen. Actually, do you know how many churches right now went into an interim period during COVID and are looking at closing because they couldn't find a pastor? They couldn't find anyone that was willing to come. Or they've lost people or they didn't know how to, to go online or they didn't have, a, they didn't have technology and equipment or they, they just didn't know what to do. What has happened at this church in the last eight months does not happen. That 
Yes, a amen. Praise God. The fact that we, the fact that I can even say this morning, I meant, I don't see him, but also the lights are bright, so that doesn't mean anything. But I met a gentleman in the hallway this morning who was a first-time visitor. In an interim period, in a post-COVID era, in a, in a, in a world and in a country that is inc increasingly less Christian and less spiritual and less interested in God, I, I, there's, a, there's another pastor that I like who says every new person is a reminder from God and, and uh, how did he say that? That every new person is God saying, hey, I'm, I'm not done with your ministry yet. I'm, I'm still moving in your church and in your organization and that with every new person that walks through the door, and it happens every week. And if we look forward to compounding on top of that with Pastor Jonathan, who knows, even greater works. That's what it will be. The second promise takes the other side of you. And I focus mostly on Pastor Jonathan coming because that's what's apparent in the life of our church and that's what's coming next but that promise in John 14 27 I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give a gift the world cannot give and not only that the world can't give but that it doesn't even make sense to the world at this point in the history of the church, in, in John and then in Acts and at, and at Pentecost, becoming a Christian was essentially a death sentence. The first 26 or 28, I can't remember right off the top of my head, the first 26 leaders of the church were martyred. So Peter calls the next guy and says, hey, I'm getting ready to be martyred. I trust you. Leave the church. And then that guy calls the next guy and be like, hey, the guy before me died, and I'm about to be martyred, but we need you to leave the church. And by the way, it's pretty likely that anyone that you, anyone you recruit, anyone that you save is probably also getting martyred. But they had peace that even though they were going to be most likely be killed, and brutally killed at that, that the message of the gospel was more important. That doesn't make sense in, in a physical, in a worldly physical context. That kind of faith, that kind of belief, that kind of purpose doesn't make sense. The peace of God which surpasseth, surpasseth all understanding. And I say all that to say that no matter what you're going through or going into, whether it's a positive thing or a negative, a positive thing and you have doubts or a negative thing and you're really wondering, God, what is this? Pray this scripture over yourself, over your life, over your family, if you know someone who is walking into this situation, pray this scripture over them. Because at the end of the day, we can take a step back and go, God, 
no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, I know that I have your peace. And I know that I know where I'm going to spend eternity. This morning, as we prepare for something new in the life of our church, and as, as many people, there's so many things that happen in all of our lives every day. I'm sure, I'm sure each of us could very quickly think of something and go, yep, I'm walking into this thing and I have, or someone close to me is walking into a new job, a new relationship, a new health challenge, a new insert, whatever. As you look at, and as you look at that journey, think about these three things. Patience, prayer, and the promises of God. And how those things filter into one another. I want to take a few minutes. Um, I'm pretty much finished. But I want to finish by... Take a, few, take, a, take a moment right now. And think about for yourself or someone close to you, what is that new? And if you can't think of anything, please take this time to pray for our church. Say, God, and I'll be the first to admit this, I'm really terrible at the first one. Patience, not my strong suit. Especially, like, especially in the life of the church, like I'm ready to just go, 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 go all the time. And so slowing down and waiting for Pastor Jonathan to get here has been really difficult. And then not knowing what God's plan is once he gets here is also difficult. So for me personally, I know I'm praying the prayer, God, give me the patience so that I don't end up doing a lesser work of my own because I steamrolled what you were trying to do. And then whatever your circumstance is, God, give me the patience. Give me the peace that the world doesn't understand to wait and to know that you're doing something even if I can't see it yet. And then the next thing, think about prayer. How, God, who and how can I be praying for someone? If, you, if you're walking into a new season yourself, you know what it is. God, help me to, to give my all for your glory into whatever this is. Help me to continue to have faith. Help me to continue to... Malcolm, is, Malcolm and Cindy have been battling with the cancer that Malcolm is fighting. I haven't said this to them yet. I'm going to try really hard not to cry talking about it. But at the end of, they send out these little update things, and it goes to a bunch of people all at once. And at the end of every one, there's always, always, there's always scripture in some comment about we're praying for the church, or we're praying for other people, or we're, what, how they're, in the, how with how what they're doing and trying to encourage everyone else at the same time or at least that's how it comes across in the letter and I have another friend in a very similar situation who it's incredible he's fighting this rare type of brain cancer he has a wife and a very young son 
and he's most likely not going to make it unless God does a miracle. Do you know what his first reaction was? He said, well, I've got a lot of time on my hand now, hands now. And his, he, they use the same message system that Malcolm and Cindy do. And the very first one says, hey, I have a lot of time on my hands now. How can I pray for you? In that circumstance, as his life changes, as Malcolm and Cindy's life has changed, they've taken that opportunity to encourage and pray for other people. And that is, that is the most powerful witness of this scripture. That in those circumstances where, where, the world, where the world would say, hey, nothing else matters, take care of yourself, focus on what you have to do to take care of your own health. Whatever, doesn't matter. That as Christians, we step into that situation with boldness and faith and the peace of God to say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to continue to love and serve like Jesus did. That, that prayer in that, from that position of peace is incredibly powerful. And the, and the third is promises. God promises. That this scripture, 14, John 14, 27, is not, doesn't exist by itself. The amount of times that God says, don't worry, have peace. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. Those promises are there. They're constant. I love you. If you believe in me, those who believe in me uh, will spend eternity in heaven with me. Like these promises of salvation, of healing, of love, of peace, of God's mercy, of God's grace, they're, they're endless. It's an endless list of promises in scripture. And when we take the time to wait for God and to pray through and through whatever we're going through, God will honor the promises that he made for us. So take, take a minute. I'm going to pray uh, mostly for over the church. But think of the season that you're in or that someone near you is in. And if that's someone that is near you this morning, draw close to them and pray with them this morning. If you know of someone else in the church, Go over to them, pray with them this morning. Or come or you can you can come forward and pray at the altar if you want, if you would like. And if you and if you again, if you don't know of anything, please pray for our church. And irregardless, if if we as we leave, take seriously what I said about what would it look like if each of us spent time praying for our church every day, especially heading into something new. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we're just, this morning, we're so grateful for the truths in Scripture. God, we're so, we're so grateful for the guidance that you've, that you've given us, that you led great men to write and to leave for us and to pass forward. That God, as we walk into a new season, whatever that might be, whether it, whether it is, a new job or a new opportunity or a new, a new challenge, a new health crisis, God, whatever it is, God, thank you for the wisdom that you give us to face and live through those things. God, we thank you for your patience. God, I, for one, I know that I desperately need it. 
I'm so grateful that you continue to uh, to dish it out to me, God, and, and for anyone else in the room, God, or online, or, or the people that they know, God, I ask that you would you would you would just pour out your patience on us. God, that we would be willing to to take the time and the effort to prepare for what it is you have. Because we ultimately we know that that's, that's what's the best. God, I ask that if we don't already, God, I ask that you would give every person in, in this room and in our church a heart for prayer. God, no weapon can be formed against you. God, nothing, nothing is stronger or more powerful than prayer. And that's a, a, that's a weapon and a tool that you've given us. And it's also you've given us relationship with you, God, that we can commune and speak and talk directly with you and seek your face about these new, these new steps and these new pieces and these new journeys that we're taking, God. God, as we move into the next phase, the next piece in the life of our church, God, I ask that you would just, you would overwhelm us. God, give us urgency and need for, to pray, to seek your face. God, that no matter what we're doing, that it would be you that leads and guides us. God, finally, I just... I want to thank you for all the promises that you give. God, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. God, I know you've done things before and you'll do them again because all the promises, every promise in that book is mine. God, every promise in that book is for every person in this room. God, we, we just, we, we praise you and we thank you that that's true and that we have those promises there for each of us today. God, no matter what people are going through, let's just ask that at this moment, you would touch them with that peace that the world doesn't understand. That you would fill them with it. Let them overflow onto the people around them. God, that, that even in our darkest moments, that we would continue to love and serve like Jesus loved and served. And it's in your name that we pray. Ushers, if you would prepare to come forward, we're going to get ready to receive our morning tithes and offerings. Um, and then while the ushers are, while the other ushers are going through the aisles, I have some announcements. I apologize. Tara and Scott will be back soon with videos. Um, I get married this week. I think I already said that once, but that's where my brain's at. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so we are, things have been a little busy, um, to say the least. So um, 
wait till all the ushers get settled. Dear God, we just thank you for the opportunity and the freedom to come together. God, we ask that we, we're grateful that you've blessed us and, God, that you've given us the opportunity to worship and to give back to you, to make sacrifice, God, for your work. God, we ask that you would bless each one and bless us as we go from here. In the same name that we pray, amen. Okay, um, I'm, quickly, there's kind of a lot here, but I'll try to trying to go through it all um oh before we go any farther uh if you joined us online thank you for joining us um hope we hope to see you next week in person when pastor jonathan is here but if not we hope you will join us again online next week thank you pastor david and connie have served us so well and so faithfully uh in this interim period. Yeah. And, and they are in Tennessee with their family this morning on a, much, on a very well-deserved break uh, as one of their grandsons graduates from 